Not sure how to get ready for Passover? Feeling a little overwhelmed? The Pesach Productivity and Activity Bundle by the creative ladies at Beyond the Balagan is here to help. Head over to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash Pesach Bundle to grab yours today. Jewish Latin Princess Episode 92, Kayla Levin, Marriage Coach and Host of First Year Married Podcast. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at JewishLatinPrincess.com, your host, Yael. Could your thoughts about a given situation in your marriage really be the key to going from anxious and insecure about marriage to confident and connected? My guest says yes, and she shares with us some of the paradigm shifts we need to make to get to a place where we're thriving in our marriages. And don't we all want that? You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. Let me ask you this. Are you well beyond your first year of marriage? Did you find that the first year of marriage was challenging? Perhaps the challenges then is what it's all about. We unpack all this with marriage coach and host of the First Year Married po- podcast, Kayla Levin. Now, what if you're still stuck in certain areas of your marriage that don't seem to work smoothly? Well, stay tuned because although Kayla focuses her coaching work on the first year of marriage, I think you'll find that what she teaches is very much applicable to all of us, no matter where we are in our marriage. Kayla believes that a perfect marriage is not something that we discover, it's something that we create. And that first year is actually fundamental. So how do we create it? What are some of the stumbling blocks that we face initially? And what are some of the tools that we can use to deal with those, uh, not just on the first year, but throughout our marriage? What do rock solid marriages have that others don't? And what if the model you experienced growing up was far from perfect? What if your parents were divorced? Are you at a disadvantage? Kayla has an awesome take on this. We get personal, so let's dive in. Oh, and before we do... I want to tell you to stay tuned because Kayla is offering a six-week online course, First Year Married, and she's giving us a discount code and the chance to have a one-on-one coaching call with her as well. So here we go, ladies. Here's the wonderful Kayla Levin. Eleven, welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. Thank you very much for having me. This is so exciting. We've been connecting for a while and we've been wanting to do this for a while. And I'm glad we finally get to bring you on the show and talk about a hot topic, marriage, but more specifically, marriage in the first year, which is it's it's a, it's a little bit of niche. It's a lot niche in and of itself. <laughs> and I, I love what you're doing. You're actually I should mention to the audience that you're also a fellow podcast host. You have a great podcast called First Year Married, and you're a marriage coach, but your work focuses in working with newly wed, newly married women, women in their first year of marriage. So why don't we start with that? Because we have so much to discuss. But let's just start with that, with your choice of tackling this first year of marriage specifically, which is something we don't see as often. And you know, we see marriage counseling, marriage coaching. So why did you decide to focus on the first year? And I have a suspicion that this might have some connection with Jewish wisdom as well. So tell us if this is so true. (laughs) Yes, you are definitely on target with that. So, um, you know, I was coaching for several years, and I would sort of coach in whatever people came to me with. So coaching over weight and business and all sorts of different things. And I found that when I was working with people on their marriages, it was really an incredible experience, because somehow your marriage feeds into every other marriage, every other area of your life. Mm -hmm. And so I was seeing the most unbelievable transformation there. Plus, in my own case, I I'm just fascinated with learning about marriage. And that's a whole story we can get into if you want to, but just really fascinated in, in what's the science that we know? What have we what have we learned about what makes a healthy marriage and a successful marriage and a, and a happy marriage? And one of the things that is wonderful about being a coach specifically is that we really do get into our niches, right? A lot of coaches choose something very, very specific. And by doing so, you really become an expert in that area because people are coming to you and you're really getting exposed to that specific situation. Mm-hmm. And 
So I really felt like a lot of the information that I was learning that I was sharing with my clients, if only they had known it earlier, if only right, and for myself also, if only I'd had this information earlier. So wouldn't it be great to start off already on the right foot already with this information instead of having to learn it the hard way and five years down the line, you've been struggling. Um, And I and another thing that a lot of coaches ask themselves, and I definitely did, which is think about something that you really struggled with and Mm -hmm. that you overcame. And that's often an area that is the best, you know, the most potential for teaching. And for me, Shana Rishona was so hard. Hmm. (laughs) I think in some ways, only see that in retrospect. I think that year, I don't know if I would have said it was hard, but in retrospect, I see how much I was struggling. I was uh, very anxious. I was very insecure about my marriage. And so it was an area that I just was very, very passionate about, about teaching. So this is, so this is what you called before your fascination with marriage. Is this how it started as you start, like, cause you mentioned that you personally have a fascination with marriage uh, aside from all the other areas in coaching that you were dealing with. So- yeah. So what happened for me is that my parents were very happily married for 24 years uh-huh. and of course, I'm not going to go into details but at 24 years they got divorced and it was yeah. extremely sudden to me and so when I went into my marriage I really had this impression that it's it's really luck of the draw because I didn't see my parents never fought I mean I never saw anything to tip me off that they were in any way really um, yeah they literally never fought um and so when I went into my marriage I had this feeling of like well you know I I hope I'm one of the lucky ones because there's I I, I felt like there was just nothing that could be done. And it's just it's just luck of the draw. It's almost like the shoe could drop any minute. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, So originally, first year married was actually specifically geared for women whose parents were divorced. Hmm. Um, But I had a bunch of women who took the beta course for me, you know, when I was just testing it out. And they said, you just can't, you can't do that. I needed all this information too. (laughs) My parents weren't divorced. Interesting. Interesting that you mentioned that because I do have a sense. I also, my parents also got divorced after 18 years of marriage. Um, I don't, I don't have that recollection like you, like there weren't any problems. I actually vividly recall it being a kind of a shaky relationship. Um, Mm -hmm. but I've always felt a little bit like, and tell me if you can relate that we're a little bit more vulnerable. We have to work a little bit. Like, I know that there must, there, I must have some subconscious programming that I have to overcome in order to have uh, a successful, more success, uh, a successful marriage. Like there's a little bit of a, a hurdle that I have to, you know what I mean? Uh, to break the cycle of God forbid, you know, ending like my parents. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know what I what I say to my clients is that it, it, it goes both ways, meaning the thing that we think is actually our handicap is really our superpower because uh-huh. because your parents broke up, you are going into it with a level of consciousness that somebody might not if they never it never occurred to them that a marriage might end. Yes. Right? There's that that kind of basic security I see in my husband. Like once you're married, there's no question anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Because his parents are I'm happily married. So, you know, I, I, I see it both ways. And I think that it's very helpful to sort of see it as it really is a superpower. It really is a strength. It's, it's a level of sensitivity and intention. And it can be used to really foster a beautiful marriage. I love how you said that. And I'm pretty sure and I hope and pray to God that I'm using it like that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I am. <laughs> and I, I, I love how you twisted that around and that it's very, very true. So so you embark on this journey. Uh, so you start off as a coach, you embark on the journey to go more niche and help women with their first year of marriage. So you you say that you take women from feeling anxious and insecure. And I think you used similar words to describe your your experience or what you recall of your experience Mm -hmm. to bring them into a more confident place of feel more connected. So let's unpack this a little bit. First of all, why the anxiety and the insecurities? Like where are these stemming from for most women? Is it unrealistic expectations? Is it lack of communication skills? Is it our own personal baggage that we bring and it's unresolved and then we bring a second person into the mix? I mean, or is it a combination of all of this? Like what what are the stumbling blocks that you're seeing? So really, I think it's a it's a level of self-awareness, right? And so what really got me excited about bringing this information is the training that I did under Brooke Castillo. So mm-hmm. she talks, she has a podcast also, if you're familiar with it, but um, she really helps people see how her model is that your circumstances are what's literally happening and your thoughts are how you're interpreting that circumstance. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. And the thoughts will lead to feelings and actions and results. And sounds pretty Jewish to me. (laughs) This is the specific. Oh, very Jewish. Yes. (laughs) And this is the model that I use with all of my clients the most. And so it's not something literal like, oh, I I, you know, I don't have enough communication skills or I, you know, this is incompatible or anything like that. What it really is, is I think when people get married, there are suddenly some new thoughts they haven't dealt with yet. Um, One that I see a lot is that you know, if something is sort of going wrong, a newlywed is more likely to be extremely anxious about it because now she either has to fix it or it has to, you know, she has to deal with it forever and ever because now Uh she's married, right? Right. That thought didn't exist before. Before he was just messy. Now he's messy and this is your life sentence. (laughs) He's going to be messy forever. life sentence. (laughs) And it just becomes this whole big thing where, you know, if you talk to someone who's been married 10, 12 years, there isn't that level of like intensity. There's no adrenaline rush over it anymore. It (laughs) might still be an issue. There might be resentment. You're dealing with different things down the line. But there isn't that level of anxiety. And so a lot of the times what I'm doing for my clients is I'm saying to them, you know, him being messy, that's a completely neutral. It's a neutral situation. Uh All the feelings that you're having about that is because you've made it mean that he doesn't respect you or you've made it mean that he is lazy or all of those things you made it mean that he even messy, I would say, is already an interpretation. Maybe he likes his socks to be stored on the floor when they're dirty, you know, (laughs) (laughs) What's the difference? A drawer? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like maybe that's what he would be doing if he didn't live with you. That's that's just his, you know, MO. And so you it's not that there are wrong thoughts or there are bad thoughts, but that all your thoughts are optional. Mm -hmm. And you might have a much better experience in your marriage if you choose a thought like, um, glad to see how comfortable he is here. And it's amazing because it, once once they start to get that model and they start to apply it, then they're coming back to me and saying, wait, I used it with my boss and it worked really well. And wait, I used this with my weight loss issue and it was really helpful. And I'm like, right, because I'm, I'm teaching it to you in the context of your marriage, but this applies all over. Mm-hmm. So we're attributing, we're, 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 we're interpreting a situation that could be completely reinterpreted and it could be made into something neutral but we're just attaching all this meaning to it and we're it's almost like we're making it personal right or we can make it even positive right you know Mm -hmm. sometimes neutral is a good first step but ultimately we want it to be positive right 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 so we're getting we're getting tactical and i love this and i know that you provide (laughs) tools that every woman needs in order to have a stronger joyful marriage not yet not just when you're newly married married so Give us some more tools. I know you've talked before. I've heard you talk about six tools. You have a number of tools in your toolkit that we should all be familiar with. Give us some practical advice. Well, I mean, I think the very biggest thing that is so critical today in the culture that we live in is, um, and this is something I learned from Alison Armstrong. So she's definitely, you know, she's, she's amazing in this area. But she, her quote is that men are not hairy, misbehaving women. that we you know (laughs) like our husband comes home here's the example I give our husband comes home and we're sitting on the couch and we you know let out a nice big sigh because we had such a hard day Mm -hmm. and we want to give him a clue that it's time to come sit next to us and ask about our day and give us some emotional support right and that's exactly what would translate because that's the language of another woman so if we were to say that and then our girl you know and our girlfriend was the one who just walked in the door she would immediately know what to do right she would come over and she'd sit down and we act as if it's some flaw in his programming right? Uh That, you know, there's so many jokes about it that like, you know, sometimes I can laugh and sometimes I can't like they say like, you know, Adam was like the rough draft and Chava was, you know, the final Mm -hmm. copy, things like that. But it's, it's so baked in, it's so baked into our culture that these, these men are, they're just misbehaving. He knows that you're sighing because you should sit, he should sit down next to you and give you support. He's just not doing it for some reason. And then we spin out into what does that mean about me and about him and about our relationship? But actually what's happening is that you're trying to run Mac programming on a PC, mm-hmm. right? He's a different operating system. And th- that doesn't mean he is the first draft and you're the second draft. It doesn't mean that he's a lesser operating system. He's a different one. And so, you know, if you're if you're focused in on who is he and a level of respect and, and curiosity about why your husband is doing the things he's doing, instead of assuming you know, because if a girlfriend were to do the same thing, it would mean this, right? But just to sort of have this, like, I think this was the real, the big thing that, you know, John Gray brought in when he said men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Is, right. 
let alone all the information in the book, just that one phrase, wait, what if he is different? So now I'm making all of his actions mean X, but what if they mean Y? And let me ask him and not in a, in a, you know, put him on the defensive, but let me just ask him and find out why did you do that? And so many times it's coming from a place, the, the very thing, right? Actually have, can I tell a, small, a short story from Please. one of my clients? Yes. Yeah. So, so this client, she, she was struggling because she was newly married and her husband had this habit that when she was talking to him, he would literally put his hands, he would, he would be washing his hands in the sink and instead of using a towel to dry them, he would flick the water in her face, okay? Uh-huh. Okay. And so she tells this and all the girls are like, oh, wow. Like, how could he do this? This is like, you know, grab the popcorn. This is bad, <laughs> right? Let's watch. And um, and she couldn't wrap her head around it. I've explained to him. I've told him. I've set boundaries. If you do this, I will do this. You can't do that anymore. I'll put the towel in a more convenient location, right? Like when she was out of ideas. And I said to her, you have to know that, that men are essentially givers. They're essentially looking to provide. Mm-hmm. What does your husband provide? And I and she was thinking about it. And I said, I want to I want to ask you, I don't know your husband, I've never met him. Is it possible that he's very good at breaking the tension in the room? Mm-hmm. Is he the type of person who can help everyone relax, help everyone connect when things are getting heavy? And she said, absolutely. That's there one of his go. gifts, right? And I said, is it possible that when he's doing that, he's not trying to disrespect you, He's trying to break you out of wherever you are. And she said, you're absolutely right. Every time he does that, I'm in a really intense, stressed mm-hmm. out type A place. And he's he, that's exactly what he's trying to do. So nothing changed in the circumstance, right? He's still doing the exact same thing. But her interpretation, just by understanding that the nature of a man is not the same as a woman. Mm-hmm. And that there's something beautiful there in what he was doing. Right. It wasn't it wasn't different and broken. It was different and better. Different, not better, but meaning you already have a woman in the relationship. Now we've got the guy, you know, <laughs> you right, can bring right. a whole other set of skills. Right. And this is his his natural skill. Like that's what he's great at. So he's naturally doing it. And that could be so wonderful and so helpful. And she could learn to laugh about it and, and you know, smile about it. Absolutely. I love that story. Are some people better, by the way, Kayla, at the first year of marriage than others? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah, everyone's great on the second day. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, probably not even true. <laughs> um, no, you know, I think this is just the human condition. We struggle with our brains. Our brains will, will go off on us and they'll go to all sorts of interesting places if we're not keeping an eye on them. Right. And, you know, again, going circling back to the, the conversation about, you know, divorce and things like that, it somebody who has a lot of positive associations with marriage mm-hmm. and who goes in expecting all things to be good because that's what they experience. So they're, they have positive thoughts. So, you know, her and her friend who's having a hard time, they both have the same circumstance. They're newly married. But if one of them has a lot of beliefs and a lot of thoughts that marriage is an inherently good and healthy and safe place, and her friend has different thoughts about it, you know, then they're going to have very different experiences. But that's not that's really not the only place that I see it coming up. I see a lot of women who are surprised that their husband is acting very differently a couple months in than when they were dating and trying to, you know, see how how to navigate that. And and what does that mean? And, you know, um, so even women who go in with very strong feelings about marriage, it's a learning curve. And it's meant to be it's meant to be the place where we grow, you know, Hashem designs exactly the person to help us become our best self. And that's going to take some growing pains. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that that you you singled out this, I guess, this nest, this period of time that it it's that first year where the relationship is meant to be more vulnerable and needing a lot more nurturing, a lot more protection. I mean, that's why we have a specific name for it in Judaism, right? And that's why we have certain rules during that time period, because it just it is a time that deserves our attention, because it's a time where we're going to be really, really setting the foundation and growing. Absolutely. And it's a big paradigm shift, because we know we still do live in a very secular culture. And we you know we get the impression that it's it's the wedding and the happily ever after. And a lot of times women 
will say to me, I, I cannot believe that we're already fighting. We just got married, right? <laughs> you know, how could we already be fighting? And I say to them, it's the exact opposite. You know, how could you not be fighting? You just got married. <laughs> you know, you're just figuring it out. You don't have any solutions yet. You haven't worked each other out yet. That's all fine. It's fine. And it's and it's meant to be that you take this year. And this is really what's so beautiful about this piece of Jewish wisdom of Shana Rishona, that you take the year and you you focus in. You know, a lot of families, or a lot of couples, they, they don't host anybody for meals on Shabbos. Um, there's a lot of different things. The husband will try not to travel. There's clear laws about if he can take a job that requires more travel, she needs to give explicit permission. You know, obviously ask your local Orthodox rabbi, but right, that there's there's specific guidelines meant to be put there to protect this new marriage. And I, I describe it like an incubator, you know, an incubator does two things. It, it gives high quality oxygen to the baby, right? Like good, lots of good going in. And mm-hmm. so what can you put into the marriage that is, that is gonna help it build? But it's also a protection from the germs on the outside. And that during that first year, you want to imagine your, your marriage, not as this perfect thing that might, you know, what can only go downhill. I mean, I don't understand the alternative. Um, but instead, it's this this new relationship. It's this new family, and let's nurture it and let's help it grow. And um, and it's a it, even though maybe it, it doesn't sound as romantic and sparkly as the Hollywood version, right? It's a huge relief to women to find out. Oh, okay, fine. I, I get a year just to learn. I get a year to learn him and to learn me and us in this new in this new relationship. Um, and it's a huge relief to see if it's okay that you don't. Don't go in having it all worked out. You're not supposed to. Yeah, it's funny that you talk about that because you're making me think that in my my first year of marriage, and I'm so grateful and appreciative that we had the advice to do this and the ability to do it. That we actually moved uh, we moved abroad for that first year of marriage. We went to yeah. Israel intentionally, and and that that was the purpose. Actually, the purpose was to really work on our marriage without having, you know, the sister-in-law so accessible or your best friend or not that we should neglect other relationships, but just just really have the space to be with each other more than, you know what I mean? Um, that incubator. And it really, I think it was, it was one of the, it was one of the best moves that we ever took and I'm so grateful for that um, but I guess one can create that no matter what you don't have to move to the other end of the world to to create that the idea here is to focus right. on the marriage right right Right. And I even have women who take the course that are beyond their first year of marriage. And they say to me, you know, that they're they're making a second first year of marriage. <laughs> they want right. to do it all over again. Right. They want to they, they feel like it's good to get that booster shot, you know? Yeah, because these things are things that we can all we all need, we need to refresh them all the time. And like you said before, we're so immersed in a secular culture. And there's so much that's fed to us that we don't even realize. And we have certain mm-hmm. expectations that are probably unrealistic. And we just have to re- it's like parenting, you kind of always have to be learning <laughs> on the go. Yeah, yes, yes. Yep. Right. And what I see with a lot of coaches is that once they have kids, then they go on and become parenting coaches. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I was like, I'm going to leave that to you guys. I'm sticking over here with marriage. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, this is this is very important. I actually, I actually, funny enough, I'm more of the not that I mean, I'm not that I, I work on my parenting, but but I'm, I do believe that it's more essential to work on your marriage. Like, if you're if you're to choose to definitely make sure you're 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 working on your marriage because the kids will be fine as long as the home is fine and the relationship between husband and 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 husband and wife are good is good the kids will be good absolutely absolutely and and, you know it it requires a level of vulnerability you know i've it it definitely requires vulnerability to say i'm i'm here to work on my marriage it's it's a little safer to say i'm taking a parenting course yes Um, yes correct yeah but it's it's so worth it it's so worth it because just like you said there's nothing you can do better for your children than to have good shalom bias than to have a good marriage Right. And, and I think the other deeper point of that is that by working on this relationship with your spouse, you're really, really working on yourself. Like you're really becoming your best self through this relationship. This is why you're put together to really, like I always say, like I, I wouldn't be the person who I am today if it wasn't for this, this relationship that we've had over the 14 years, you know? Absolutely. Uh, Ha! 
Passovers are on the corner, and in order to make it all the more fun and seamless, the Pesach Productivity and Activity Bundle is here. My friends at Beyond the Balagan have created a fun, downloadable bundle with everything we can dream of to get us ready for Passover and get our kids involved too. Printable activities for the kids, like games, coloring pages, and finger puppets, different table decor options for your seders and holiday meals, checklists, menu planners, cleaning planners, to-do lists, packing lists, and budgeting, and more. I already downloaded my bundle and started making my lists and in the next few weeks I will be using this extensively. All planner pages are black and white to make it easier and more budget friendly for you to print at home. The Pesach Productivity and Activity Bundle has so much in it that it is valued at $72.84 but you can get yours for just $18 when you head over to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash Pesach bundle. So yes, for $18 you will get every single list and label you can imagine, games and activities for the kids and three options of table decor to make your holiday table fun and fabulous, all in the spirit of keeping the kids engaged and excited about Passover and keeping you organized and smiling. Head over to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash Pesach bundle to grab your Pesach productivity and activity bundle today. have something really that made me smile on your website. You have this um, free instant <laughs> class that anybody can go on your website, firstyearmarriage.com and download right away. You call it why your husband isn't the reason you're unhappy. <laughs> Be happier in your marriage by the time you go to bed tonight. And it made me smile because really, it's such an important lesson going back to the idea that something that we can all um, like, it, it's helpful for everybody with you know, no matter what stage of your marriage you're in. Um, so without giving it all away, tell us Tell us how come it's not the husband who's making her unhappy. (laughs) Well, it circles back a little bit to what we were talking about before with the model, which is, you know, that a a lot of the time it's, it's the way that we're interpreting what's going on in our marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can be so hard because really by the time you get to a coach, (laughs) it's so baked in that, you know, my clients will come to explain, you know, they'll say to me, I'm trying to get a positive thought about my bad circumstance. Right? And I'm like, no, 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 your circumstance isn't bad. It's not your, your circumstance is neutral, whatever's happening in your world, it's neutral, right? You get to choose what you think about it. And so and it's the it's the big difference between a coach and you know, a friend, which is that we want our friends to climb in the boat with us, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're having a hard time with someone, we want our friends to be right there next to us and saying, you're right, he's wrong. How could he have done that? It's so painful. That sounds so hard. And I, I often want to do that with my clients, but I wouldn't be serving them that way. So really, it's it's a matter of saying, okay, so here's what's happening. And what you're thinking about it, I just want you to know it's optional. You can think mm-hmm. something else. You, you, there are other choices of what to think. And your experience of what's going on in your marriage, um, it's really up to you. And it's it sounds like um, it's tough love. But the truth is, at the end of the day, it's fantastic news because you can't change him right? You're not going to change him. If you find out how to change someone, I always say, let me know. Um, we'll go into business together and be billionaires. Right. But up until today, anyone that's figured out how to control other people successfully. So you can change your thoughts, you can change your experience of what's happening. And it's a it's fantastic news. Yeah, why do people have this knee jerk? It's almost a knee jerk reaction, like, well, I have to fix him, right? Um, is it I guess because it's easier than doing your own deep work on yourself it's like it's so common to we we all fall into this uh, at some point right we we try to fix them but like uh it's not happening right 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 and i think i I mean to me i can say for myself personally i did a lot of um learning about you know like i said a lot of learning about what makes help happy marriages and healthy marriages it wasn't until i really started using this model as a coach that i had something clear and specific Mm -hmm. that i could do when i wasn't acting or feeling the way i wanted to be acting or feeling i really really spent a lot of my first year of marriage, like white knuckling it, you know, like, okay, I want to yell right now, but I want to be a good wife and good wives don't lose their temper. They're always calm and happy and smiling. And, <laughs> you know, and, and it just really like tried to behave with willpower. And we know that there's a limited amount of willpower. So it really wasn't until I started doing this work that I realized that the only reason I was using willpower is because I had, I had a thought about what was going on around me. Mm-hmm. And if I could just address that thought, the willpower isn't necessary anymore. We've talked about a lot of things here. And I so mm-hmm. wonder if there are things that, you know, somehow some marriages, uh, let's let's say it like this, there's a, a rock solid marriage, you and I know that is not 
completely free of fights or frustrations, right? Like mm-hmm. these happen, mm-hmm. right? That's just, that's mm-hmm. the reality of the relationship. Um, yeah. But there are marriages that are more resilient. They, that's, that's why they're rock solid. What is it that's being cultivated? I mean, I could tell, I guess I could speak from my own personal experience, but that wouldn't serve anybody. I want to hear from you. Like, what are these couples cultivating in that relationship? What are they doing differently? One thing is that comes to mind when you ask that is John Gottman talks about positive sentiment override. What is that? Which is this idea that it's that if there's so many basically warm, fuzzy feelings about the relationship, mm-hmm. a little bit of cold prickly is okay. You know, it can be handled. And, you know, the way that that turns out is that, you know, my newlyweds will be someone will someone in the couple, you know, the husband or the wife will be stressed out about something and they'll snap. Yes. And the the wife or the husband takes it very personally. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a rejection. It's it's very painful. Um, and I, I really was just coaching somebody on this um, yesterday. And, you know, I explained to her a couple years down the line, he's going to snap and you're going to say, wow, this is what ha- he didn't get enough sleep last night or he must be really stressed out about work or you're going to realize why he snapped and that it doesn't have to do with you. But it just takes that time. It's yeah. like money. You know, you just have to keep putting those those positive deposits into the relationship. And in the beginning, you just haven't had enough time. Yeah. And so each time you come up against one of these struggles, right? So these 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 women who a lot of times a newly married woman is dealing with, you know, there's there's a lot layered on, right? There's there's financial insecurity for a lot of them, or there's you know school and work and all sorts of pressures coming from the outside. And when they come in thinking like this has to be fixed, or I have to you know I have to get through it, or whatever it is, but when and they can reframe it and see, you know, that one day they'll look back at that and they'll say, wow, those, that's, those are the, were the days where we really built up our relationship. Those were the days when we learned how to work together. Those are the days we learned to rely on each other. So now it's the exact same situation, but because they have this different perspective on it, then it's sort of got that long-term view that can create a lot more security. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's funny, you mentioned um, him needing to fix it. And I wonder if also we sometimes come into the relationship with this misconception that Prince Charming has arrived and he has to save me from, you know, all my woes. (laughs) And then when he doesn't because he's human and he's not supposed to save you from all all your woes that leads to a major disappointment and you don't realize where that's coming from perhaps right right but whoever you were and whatever you were dealing with before you got married is still who Who you are are and what you're dealing with once you're married Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's he's not gonna fix you either you're not fixing him and he's not gonna fix you Exactly. <laughs> right. Oh, I love this. I, I love this. Kayla, so, um, you know, you mentioned, um, you mentioned on your, on your website, and I love that because I never actually thought about it. You mentioned the statistics and how, you know, we could focus on making it to the 40% or whatever the new statistic is of couples who don't get divorced, mm-hmm. but really, we should be focusing on being, you know, the top five, the 5%, the 1% of couples who they don't just stick together, but they actually thrive together in their marriage. And I found that so compelling because as Jewish women and as a Jewish nation, this is exactly where we want to be, right? Like this is exactly where God wants us to be. These are the tools that he gives us. What marriage is so important is where everything is supposed to happen for us as a nation. It's the epicenter. So I love that you pointed that out because that's really, this is this should be our aim. Absolutely. And, and I think it's much, I mean, this is why I ultimately went into coaching as opposed to therapy, because I think those who go into therapy are amazing and wonderful people. But I was so much more motivated to work on taking somebody who has, let's say, an average or a typical marriage and to take them from there to excellence, right? Take them from there to my marriage actually feeds me. Mm-hmm. My, you know, I get something from my marriage. It's not right. something that I'm trying to do or it's on my checklist, but it feeds into every other area of my life. No, it definitely does, by the way. It totally feeds into mm-hmm. every other area of your life. That's why it needs to be priority. Ladies, <laughs> make it a priority. <laughs> Kayla, you you have an, you have your course coming out very soon. I think it's your what third time, maybe fourth, fourth time, time through. fourth time coming out in May. First year married, an online course. I why don't you tell us about it? Because I think this is so exciting. The fact that we can actually access you online at our own pace. Amazing. Yes, absolutely. So it's a as I said, it's a six week course, and so you're going to get a pre recorded video 
once a week. You can watch it on your own schedule. And we actually include the audio also because some people just, you know, they like to listen on the go and there's worksheets to go through everything that they're doing. And the six weeks are the first course we talk about. um, It's called Master Your Mind. We talk about using this model, how this model applies to somebody in their marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, The next week we talk about creating your marriage incubator. So that's the whole idea of Shana Rishona and practical things that you can do to get the most out of this very, very auspicious time in your marriage where you're Mm -hmm. really laying the foundation. So what things really work for people. Um, The next one is called Overcoming Your Past. And so this is where we're really dealing with the thoughts that are recurring. So we call those beliefs, beliefs about men, beliefs about relationships, all those things that have come up um, that really can be holding you back, but they're a little bit more embedded than just those little thoughts that come by. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also the week where we talk about how to get to a new model. So if you, you now know how your thoughts are creating you know, a behavior that you don't like, well, Mm -hmm. how can we get to new thought with new feelings and new behaviors? That's what we do in the third week. Um, The next week we talk about, um, about intimacy and also understanding the concept of unconditional love in a different way. Um, the, the fifth class is much anticipated by every course it's called, but the socks are still on the floor. (laughs) At this point, he hasn't magically transformed into a completely different person. And so what do I do? And this is one that's going to be an uh, it's an amazing, amazing paradigm shift. It will really, really change the way that you view the way that the men and women process differently, the way they process their to do list, the, the way they process. They process the mess around them. <laughs> so many different things in terms of just the way that our brains are functioning. Um, and this is one where when I learned this information, the biggest issue that I had in my marriage literally evaporated in front of my eyes because I just understood it in a different way. So it's one of my favorite classes. And then the last one we talk about resentment. I have a very, very different take on resentment and self-care. Um, and so we talk about how resentment is actually really a very useful emotion and what it means for us and how to to acknowledge it and what to do when it comes up and um and and basically self-care but that it's much more i say it's not just chocolate and bubble baths right what is deep self-care what is meaningful (laughs) self-care and how do we incorporate that into our into our marriages and our lives so wait i need to unpack this a little bit how is resentment how is resentment a helpful emotion please give it to us you're gonna have to sign up for the court okay So I talk about resentment as the canary in the coal mine, that resentment is really the clue that you're not taking care of yourself. Uh, and that, you know, that's why you're connecting it to self-care. Exactly, exactly. It's, you know, and it's also minding your own minds, right? Like, how much are you paying attention? So resentment is one that we tend to notice right away. It's a very strong and specific emotion. Mm-hmm. And so once you're really tuned into it, then you can find out that this is really your trigger. It's time to go and figure out what you need to do. There you go. Okay, so can we register for the course already? Yes, yes. Awesome, so where do we go? Yeah, so if you go to firstyearmarried.com forward slash JLP for Jewish Latin Princess, we actually are doing a $25 off discount for listeners from this podcast. Um, So that will come right off the course. But I'm also offering for the first 10 people who sign up a one on one coaching call to help really, really guide those first 10 people through the course. And I honestly just just do that because I love one on one coaching so much. (laughs) It's so wonderful to do. So we'll be adding that on also for the first 10 people. That's really amazing. Okay, very, very cool. So it's six weeks online. Yes, it's completely online. Um, Everything is, you know, on your schedule. And each week a new class is released. It has a worksheet to go with it. It has the audio recording for people who, you know, prefer to listen as they're on the go. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it includes support with me throughout the six weeks. So people can send me their models and they can, you know, get, they can say, here's what I think is going on. What do you think or here's an area where I'm struggling and just give me a you know three paragraphs here's what I'm struggling with what do you think and during those six weeks I really focus my attention on supporting the women who are going through the program um and and they're you know supporting each other and it's really a beautiful thing do you ever get women um that are already at a point where they're despondent and and I mean it in a way like well he's the one who should be you know sitting in this conversation like what you know uh, again, it's going uh, back to this right, like right. knee jerk reaction of we have to fix him. Um, right. Yes. Um, so what I have gotten is a couple of women who came in who said, I'm going to do this, but you should just know, I don't worry, you can't you can't fix us. I... So I'm going to do the course. And then we're going to get divorced and you shouldn't, <gasps> you shouldn't take it really, you know, like <laughs> that kind of reaction. And I'm very, very grateful to say that they are in a completely different place in their marriages now. Oh, no, um, 
very positive. Yes. And, and the truth is that even in situations where let's say a marriage is really on the rocks, I don't think that this material is, can be used against anybody. And this isn't the kind of material that says you need to close your mouth and put up with whatever he says to you, or, you know, God forbid, if a person is in a really unhealthy relationship, I'm there to help them um, find the right resources. But, but, you know, whatever we're experiencing in our lives, knowing what's going on in our minds and how that's creating our reality, that's helpful no matter what's happening yes, in your life. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, the truth is like, I think that it's, it's true. Um, there's a lot of back and forth when a couple goes in together. And I really think that the most forward moving, you know, feel for a session is when I'm just working with the woman, because then she has no choice but to deal with what is in her control, which is a paradigm for life, right? This is really a lesson yeah. for life. We can only work with what we is in, in our <laughs> control, which is us. <laughs> Nothing exactly. Else. And it's much more empowering. It's a much, yes. it's a much more empowering. Play. Yes, yes. I love that. Absolutely. Kayla, getting a little personal. So your parents, how do they feel about the fact that now you're this expert on on marriage? I mean, <laughs> what do they say? <laughs> was this met with support or with like skepticism? What what, what was the deal, the deal? No, I think a lot of support. I think a lot of support. Thank God. I've got great parents and they're they're very supportive. And um, I think my mother, who I'm closer to, really saw that, you know, over the years, I really was trying to crack the code. You know, oh. I really, um, I took it very seriously. I really, it was really important to me. In our first couple of years, we had a lot of mentors. We had a lot of people. I was looking around constantly. Who has the kind of marriage? that I want to emulate, you know, what does a healthy marriage look? And um, again, like I said, you know, it's a superpower in a way that you if you if you know that it can be vulnerable, then you work extra hard to make sure it's not. Um, So I think I got I got a lot of support. Thank God. Yeah. And you mentioned the way the word mentor, and I can't stress that enough how important it is to find good mentors. Uh, I, I at least I feel like I've been blessed in my marriage that we've always been able to rely on our on our mentors, both together individually, and we always encourage each other to go back to that one mentor. I, I just I, I can't stress it enough. I just think it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. And it does require going outside your comfort zone a little yes. bit in the beginning. Um, but it's worth it. And I, you know, I say to people, it's the same as if you were trying to climb the corporate ladder, you know, would, would you make yourself a little uncomfortable if you had an opportunity to get someone three levels above you to mentor you in your career? Of course you would. This is so much more than more important than any job you're going to have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Kayla, so let's wrap it up with the part of the show that I call JLP fill in the blanks. You're familiar with these, right? I am, but I'm not sure I have all my answers. We'll see. <laughs> you're not supposed to have them. So <laughs> that's perfect. Sure, okay, good. <laughs> all right. I'm Kayla Le- and I feel most spiritual when? Oh, I have to say um, I'm a mother, thank God. And um, I think it's it's when I have a newborn because it's the only time that I ever really feel that um, no one else can replace me in that moment. Like I'm doing, I know exactly what to do, you know, even when you don't know what to do. <laughs> I know my job is to be there and to love that little baby. So I would have to say that's it. You know what? It's so funny that you mentioned that because I hadn't thought about it, but I could totally relate to what you're saying. And actually just brought me back to getting a little, you know, graphic here, but the birthing experience that I remember mm-hmm. once telling somebody that... I don't, I, I don't like something to the, I, let me see how I word this, but like, I felt like after I became a mother and I had, after I gave birth to my first child and Baruch Hashem, I've done it several times. Like you really see God, like, I don't care where you are spiritually, but there's like, I felt like there is no way you can undergo this experience without realizing there is a higher power. Absolutely. 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 My favorite. Yeah. So I mean, I say it with hesitation because I know there not everyone is, is blessed, you know, right. to have that opportunity. Yes. Um, but for me, yeah. it's definitely a very intense Mm-hmm. Agreed. My favorite mitzvah or one that I connect with the most is? I would say um, so inviting guests to our home, especially for Shabbos. Um, and my husband and I both were not raised religious. And so being able to bring people into a, a Shabbos, you know, a Shomer Shabbos home and have them have the real experience to us feels like paying it forward. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It's the same for us. And we enjoy it tremendously. You know, you make me wonder if there is also... For people like us who didn't grow up in observant homes and we learned, you know, we talked about the fact that our parents were divorced, right? But then we add on the layer of, wow, we, I, I'm, 
pretty sure you could relate to this, but as you were becoming closer to your Judaism, one of the things that, at least for myself, that attracted me to it, um, aside from these incredible women, that was really my draw, but mm-hmm. there was a family structure that I kept seeing over and over and a relationship and a dynamic that was incredibly compelling to me. Like I, I realized there's a secret here that I'm, I wasn't let in on when I was growing up, um, <laughs> right? And so I wonder if, at the same time, we're trying to replicate these these marriages that we now saw that and we changed, we transformed our lives, right? To kind of because mm-hmm. we wanted that for ourselves, but there's this added pressure mm-hmm. because we don't we don't necessarily have all the skills because we don't we didn't first of all we didn't experience that at home and we didn't live it. So there's 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 possibly layers of um, you know shame, guilt, frustration that maybe somebody comes in with, which can be dealt with. But I'm just wondering, you know, if there are, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's it's all sort of what what was the driving factor, right? And I think people resonate with different parts of the of the you know orthodox world when they're first exposed to it, mm-hmm. um, and I I wouldn't be surprised if you know people like you and I were more. I mean, to me, it wasn't it wasn't even so much just seeing the the marriages that were you know more focused, but it was that it's a whole culture where we're not scared to say that a divorce is a sad event. Um, it's not an empowering, new, exciting thing that happens for a woman. You know, it's 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 sad and it can be. It's okay for it to be sad. And sometimes it's the right choice and sometimes it's what needs to happen and it's provided for in our religion, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't, you can't have both. You can't say a divorce is, you know, exciting and empowering and marriage is important. You know, it has to be one or the other. And so to me, it's sort of this whole this whole culture that is designed around we will go out of our way to protect a marriage. We'll yes. go out of our comfort level to make sure that we don't do anything that would threaten this because there's just nothing more important. It just has to be prioritized. Yes, absolutely. My fondest, sweetest Jewish memory is? Hmm. I think it would have to be something to do with, you know, when my kids say like funny FFB jokes, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> You know, my kids will say these things and I'm like, you know, it took me until I was in my mid twenties to even understand the thing you're making a joke about. Um, for listeners, for listeners, let's decode this. FFB means from, from birth, yeah. meaning that a person has grown up in an Orthodox household for all of it, their lives. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's oh, you know, funny. just my, you know, one of my will come out with something and I'm like, how is it that my child, right? Like can, you know, already knows this or already is making jokes on this. It's, a little bit of an out-of-body experience. Sometimes. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> something I wish I had learned about Judaism growing up is? That's a trick question. So we all have time to get into it today, but in short, I didn't know I was Jewish until I was 12. Oh, so, wow. All of, <laughs> all of anything. That's pretty awesome. Okay, you must give me the story on one foot. How did you even end up finding out? Um, I ended up finding, my mother did some digging. She did some heavy digging, and she uh-huh. found out that, you know, the family was trying to keep it hush-hush, and... Uh-huh. Uh, she got to the bottom of it. And did she, when she got to the bottom of it, was it with kind of acceptance and excitement and, and taking this on or it just happened and then everybody kind of continued with their lives? Um, you know, she definitely looked into it and I think she identifies as Jewish in, in some ways. Um and, you know, obviously, for me, it was much more of a life changing experience than for other people in my family. Mm-hmm. So, but but you didn't embark on the life changing experience at such an early age, did you? Not exactly. Uh-huh. But I, um, it ignited the yeah. spark. <laughs> I asked a lot of questions my whole life. So right, right. <laughs> eventually, so, I ended up here. Right. It ignited the spark. Right, right, right. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. When I give tzedakah, I like to give to? Well, our local, you know, we have a local charity for families who are disadvantaged. But I also have to say my my husband and a friend put together something um, to help people actually separate Miser. So, you know, Miser is the 10% or yes. depending on your rabbi, how you calculate it exactly. But it's called, if I can say that the website, it's a nonprofit. It's 9010club.com. I love it. Tell us and about it. People, yeah, just helps people walk through how they can separate out Miser. And what was so exciting was that when we actually made like a separate bank account for it. Oh my gosh. Hello, yeah, we're like soulmates. It, it really, 
Oh, really? You do this? Oh, right, because you're into finance, right? Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it's the most exciting thing because yes. you really start to see, like, it adds up and you're suddenly in a position of being able to give, give. which is such a huge shift when Hello, you otherwise let- feel struggling. <laughs> Let's have a oh, podcast just on this. Okay, first, first of all, I had no idea that your husband and his friend had done this. So the minute you started talking, like, my, like, I, I just lit up because I'm so obsessed with this topic and um, really? I have to go check it out. And yes, yeah, like you, you like, the minute we just systematically this like I always say to people it's not that we weren't givers before we gave we probably gave a lot like but we we didn't have a system and let me tell you once the system was in place the blessings I, I can't even explain it's like an entire mm-hmm. shift absolutely absolutely oh my and gosh. the truth is you know I remember it's in Heller saying that even the most generous person doesn't really give 10 percent 10 percent is a significant amount of money yes exactly yes. so you think um, you're giving and when you actually right Right. And it's just a, it's a total game changer. Yeah. Total, total game changer. We actually, should I tell you that we have a name for our account? Like literally, like when you open the online bank, like it has a name. Yeah. <laughs> Does yours have a name? Like a specific funny name? I mean, ours? I think ours just like my sir. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so ours is actually very cute. Should I tell you? <laughs> I'm so yes, proud of, of it. It's called Hashem's Blessings account. So oh, I love that. <laughs> you're welcome to copy it. I don't, I know it just brings a huge smile to my face. And so when on Sundays, when we meet, we usually have a regular <clears throat> money date um, on Sunday. So it happened to be that yesterday we were having our meeting and one of our kids and it was open because we were allocating funds and we were like talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. One of our kids walks in and says, what is Hashem's blessings account? And then the other one who was taking water, we were in the kitchen or whatever, says, oh, it's mommy and Tati's Meister account. <laughs> Oh, amazing, amazing. Isn't that cute? Yeah, I love it. All right. Finally, I'm Kayla Levin. And today I'm most grateful for well, I have to say my marriage. (laughs) All right, Kayla, you've been awesome. This is so great. Everybody find Kayla at firstyearmarried.com and her podcast. Also, you're everywhere, right? iTunes, uh, everywhere. Yeah, all the major podcast players. Right. First year married. And you can check out the course. We said it before. But again, it's worth mentioning mentioning firstyearmarried.com forward slash JLP to get $25 off the course. And if you're one of the first 10 people to sign up for Kayla's First Year Married course, you get a one-on-one call with Kayla, which I find extremely appealing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for being on the show. This was great. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Kayla Levin for stopping by. You can find her on firstyearmarried.com and on Instagram at firstyearmarried. And you can subscribe to her podcast, First Year Married, wherever you're listening to this show right now. If you'd like to sign up for her six-week online course, head over to firstyearmarried.com forward slash JLP to receive your special JLP discount of $25 on the purchase price. And remember that the first 10 women who sign up will also get a one-on-one coaching session with Kayla. This is priceless, if you ask me, because again, the best thing we could do is invest in our marriage. Again, head over to firstyearmarried.com forward slash JLP to claim your $25 discount. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. I want to wish you all a wonderful week. I'm headed to New York for almost two weeks, so I'll try to post some pictures on Instagram, especially because it looks like I'll be meeting with some guests of the show, so that should be a lot of fun. I might even be doing some recordings over there, so that's fun. And again, everybody, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating on iTunes and share it with the women you love. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit jewishlatinprincess.com.